Hi everyone, I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Marit Putker, Director of In Vitro and R&D, Dr. Saskia Deman, Scientist, and Dr. Piruz Daftarian, Director of Scientific Engagement at Crown Bioscience. They recently joined us for a webinar where they talk about the impact of T-cell-directed immunotherapy on the cancer immunity cycle, including mechanisms and targets capable of modulating and enhancing T-cell activity, and the applications of methods and models, including organoids and high-content imaging. Let's jump right in. Let's jump in right in with a uh, great question, and Mart, this one will be for you. So, what type of information does Crown Bio provide on the organoids model uh, on the organoid models available in your organoid collection? That's indeed a great question, and I didn't touch on that very deeply. So, we do a very extensive characterization of the organoids, of all of the organoids that we have in our biobank. Of most importantly, we do a full NGS characterization. So we do a whole exome sequencing and RNA sequencing. And all of that data is actually available to everyone on our Crown Bio website. So feel free to uh, to go to our organoid base, subscribe and, and, and browse. Next to that, for uh, like a, for not for all, but for many of our organoids, we also have some standard of care data. We have some histology data, some pathology, some ploidy data. So there's a lot of... Uh, data to browse through to be able to select for your ideal model. Great answer. All right. I think, Saskia, this next one can be for you. What are the advantages of imaging based on readouts, such as the high content imaging platform compared to facts-based analysis of T-cell therapeutics? Yeah, thanks for that great question. So I think one of the main things that we have also seen in the presentation is that we cannot only address one of the processes that happens in the cancer immunity cycle, but actually multiple of those. So we can directly measure proliferation of the immune cells, but also their migration and their infiltration. And although some of those are possible by facts, that becomes uh, much more complicated in general. And so to really keep everything as is in a 3D matrix in the well really gives a very yeah, physiologically relevant readouts, we believe. All right, fantastic. And, and if I may actually add to that, indeed, so that's on the on the T-cell biology, let's say, and, and as well, if, if you do the co-cultures and you're working with organoids, then you're also allowed to actually maintain the organoids in their, in, in their environment. So you don't have to break them out of the matter gel and break them into single cells, which some of the organoids are very happy to and, and are you're able to actually see their, their behavior. But some organoids cells will just die in the process of making it into, into single cells, which will then make it harder to, to analyze the dying due to T cells. Exactly. And, so, and indeed yeah. also to preserve the morphological features, uh, well. which we also have many different morphologies, right, between different models that can also re really be of uh, added value there. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, thanks a lot, Marit and Saskia. All right, Pruz, uh, here's one for you. Is T-cell exhaustion a different process from T-cell dysfunction? Well, it is a, a bit. It, uh, the, there are overlaps. The T-cell exhaustion is, is a set of series of different uh, stage of uh, suppression uh, through positive feedback mechanism. T-cell dysfunction is a little bit broader spectrum. And uh, for example, in our assay, 
we don't have epigenetic uh, data yet. Uh, that's why we, and people um, in literature, they tend to use uh, T-cell exhaustion slash uh, dysfunction because really shaping the definition of different stage of, uh, of uh, suppressed T-cell or exhausted T-cell is not, there's not consensus yet and, and for different stages. So to be fair and to be accurate, we can't say 100% the T-cells that are suppressed in our model or people cannot say it. So they, they use a T-cell dysfunction in these cases. When you have all elements or parameters accurately defined, it's not, that is the time to better focus and on naming your, your exhausted T-cell, suppressed T-cell, T-cell exhausted, for example. So in general, there is, there is overlap in these two term, but they both, they both of them are, are separate from energy, unresponsiveness, senescence, and uh, tolerance. So with, with that term, they're they are very close. Fantastic. Great answer. All right, Mart, one for you now. So are, are, how sure are you that the organoids reflect the patient tissue, especially for the, the PDXO models? Are there any QC steps to check this? Definitely, yeah, thanks. So there's many QC steps in, in our processes. So of course, the PDX biobank is extensively QC'd and checked towards their original tumor and PDX models in general have been, as a golden standard, of course, been, been looked at uh, very carefully. So the histology there overlaps very well with the patient's histology. And then, of course, what we do after making, generating the organoids, we also compare the histology of our organoids towards the, the PDX models as much as we can. On top, as I just already, it's nicely actually uh, following up on the, on the previous question, we do all of this NGS analysis where we also compare, of course, towards the PDX models so that we know for sure that the population of cells that we're growing is, uh, is indeed the same tumor as the ones that we're growing in, in vivo. And we have a, a very nice in-house generated NGS, or sorry, uh, well, NGS-based SNP paneling that we do to check first of, of course, for the right, that we're growing the right patient material, but also to check for mouse content, which may actually grow also in PDXO models. So that's a very renowned problem in, in using models from PDX models. And we can prevent this by, by checking our, our samples regularly on, on mouse content. And we can actually detect up to 1% of the mouse content. So we can very nicely keep this as low uh, as needed for our assays. And a similar thing, uh, in fact, for the for the PDOs, where all of these tumors, whenever we they, they are brought in, there also piece of the tumor is of course preserved for immunohistochemistry, and they're aligned with the PDOs and also snipped compared to the original tumor. So yes, extensive QCing. Yeah, fantastic. Really nice to hear. All right, we'll go to one for you, Saskia. So what is the scale or the, the high throughputness of these reconstituted in vitro assays? Yeah, thanks for that question. I think that's really one of the advantages we can offer. Uh, we are working in the 384 well plate format. And so basically, and, and as Marit has also explained, right, um, the organoid expansion um, 
is highly suitable to generate very large batches as well. So basically we are limited um, by, for example, the amount of immune cells we get from a single Buffy code, but we can run many plates with hundreds of conditions in principle in our screening. So it's really, yeah, we can, we also run a lot of very small studies, but also very large studies where we also, for example, look at 10 or 20 different organoids models, uh, even with the same patch of PBMCs. And uh, due to our use also of automation, we can also run that in a very consistent manner. And also we can make sure to use the same batches from the starting material also in multiple phases of the project. So that makes it very scalable to first, for example, set up the conditions we need and then run a very big uh, screen with hundreds of compounds. Yeah, that's a really great point. Thanks, Haskin. Can the T-cell exhaustion assay be used for CAR T-cell therapy? Yes. CAR T-cell undergo the same process of signaling and stimulation as in the way uh, when it relates to T-cell exhaustion as other T-cells. In that, they also initiate this feedback mechanism after multiple stimulation. And and, uh, what we can do here is to simulate by translate this this assay exactly to the same very way that we do it for with the beads, we can use it with cognate antigen of the of the CAR T cell, and we can just recapitulate the same scenario that happens in vitro in T cell exhaustion for CAR T cell for expansion of T cell. It's, it's it's a barrier, and also for in vivo T cell exhaustion that happens in post. It can be recapitulated in in vitro and uh, testing different drugs to see if you can delay this uh, exhaustion process or you can reverse this exhaustion process. Or it can be used maybe maybe as a batch release. Uh, Sometimes, you know, that's that's a determinant of of efficacy of a batch of CAR T-cell eventually. That's doable. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.